in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I will never go to a debate-watching party again. Thing went on way too late. I was there till 2 in the morning. What am I doing? And in two in the morning, you should be at a rock concert or a disco or a club, not the not a debate party. All right. Uh, but that's where I was. And um, I watched it. I also watched a little bit of the Trump thing. And uh, I think we're going to be hearing from him very soon. Hey, he turns himself in today. No big whoop. All right. We're we're used to it by now. He's going to uh, if he gets that mug shot, it's going to go on T-shirts and hats and uh, coffee mugs and bumper stickers and uh they're going to be planes flying the banner with his mugshot. We're going to make it a thing to celebrate. We're going to make it a badge of honor because that's what it is. The whole corrupt system trying to, hey, the last, on that bogus case, which is, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's complicated at the same time. I mean, they make it complicated. They try to make it a federal case, right? Remember making something a federal case? You know, you make a big deal out of something. Nobody ever says that anymore. Just like yesterday, I said nobody says chip on the shoulder because everybody's got a chip on the shoulder. Nobody says, uh, why are you making a federal case out of this? Because everybody makes a federal case out of something. Something little happens, everybody tries to make a big deal out of it, to exploit it, to get something out of it. Power, money, attention, whatever the hell it is. So, um, all right, he's going through that today. President Donald Trump, again, no big deal. Uh, we can handle it. And uh, he's, um, well, he's sitting pretty in so many ways. The debate last night, obviously, he had no business showing up at that pathetic lineup uh run by the pathetic Fox News. Now there were some people who are non pathetic in that group. Vivek Ramatswamy, I told you. What did I tell I don't want to be like I told you so when I didn't tell you so. I mean I just mm, I can't say I thought anything above average about him. Like I didn't think he would be the breakthrough guy. I it seemed pretty sharp. I mean look at his competition. <laughs> I mean look at his uh all right, let's go through it. What was the um I think bottom line is he won. Uh, some people trying to say Nikki Haley won. She came off like the, I don't know, the den mother in Cub Scouts. She just seems so small time. Nothing wrong with being a den mother in Cub Scouts, but, you know, or, or, or a troop leader, a troop leader in the Boy Scouts. But you're not, you know, you're not presidential material. She's definitely not. Christie had a horrible night. He looked nervous, too. He was, like, finally getting called out on this stuff right, in, you know, right there. We were able to... uh uh, let's see here. Vivek Ramaswamy on uh, Mike Pence, cut 30. You got people on this stage that won't even talk about issues like Social Security and Medicare. I mean, Vivek, you recently said uh, a president can't do everything. Well, I got news for you, Vivek. I've been in the hallway. I've been in the West Wing. A president of the United States has to confront every crisis facing America. I will put our nation back on the path to growth and prosperity and restore fiscal responsibility, just as I did in Congress and as governor Mr. Vice president. and when I was vice president. But you were named earlier. Vote. I'm going to get Vivek first. We'll get to both. Yeah, this isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy. Drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. President will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. 
For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on it. Let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you. Oh, kick ass, man. Kick ass. You know, the, the, those little uh, bromides from um, Pence, what was he saying? Uh, we'll restore prosperity and hope for America. It, it was straight out of 1972, all right, with a style from 1958. We, the, the, the world has gotten a lot quicker. Mike Pence is, uh, I mean, forget about, I know, not just style, on substance, he stunk. And it's got to be really humiliating. I mean, here he is, a former vice president of the United States, and this kid is running circles around him. Same goes for everybody else. Nikki Haley, she woo, she had it with that guy. Let's see here. Um, I mean, she made a one or two good points. Uh, she's a total cornball, right? I mean, she said this fake line and acted like she just like, oh wow, I, they really love that one. Listen to this. Cut thirty six. This is exactly why Margaret Thatcher said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> what does that mean, really? I mean, it just it, nobody remembers Margaret Thatcher either. That's another thing. It's a relic, all right? The here and now, they're all trying to be Ronald Reagan. But Ronald Reagan was Ronald Reagan from 1981 to 1989, okay? Uh, it was fashionable then. Cut it out. Get with it. Hey, here's a sign that there, no one was with it. Nobody apparently heard this song. So there's this song by that guy in Virginia with the red beard. I actually don't like the song. Um, and I think it was actually a ridiculous question. This is the sec- I think this is the first question of the debate. Now, what if you didn't like that song? I know it's out there. It's the guy with the red beard. You know, I'm the government don't care about no people, and I'm just here on my farm. All right. I, I mean, I could pretend to like that song, right? But I don't. And I know it's a thing, but so listen to this buildup. This is the first freaking question in the debate. I think this is very, very shallow, actually. Cut 37. Listen to the buildup. We sit here tonight. The number one song on the Billboard chart is called Rich Men North of Richmond. From Farmville, Virginia, named Oliver Anthony. His lyrics speak of alienation, of deep frustration with the state of government and of this country. Washington, D.C. is about 100 miles north of Richmond. I think there's a bad word coming up, guys. Just heads up. The S word. I don't like this kind of music. So, Governor DeSantis, why is this song striking such a nerve in this country right now? What do you think it means? Uh-oh, we don't have Ron DeSantis' uh, reply. Well, he just went right into his campaign stuff. He didn't acknowledge the song, really. And I don't blame him. That's one thing. Like, you know what? I'm too busy running for freaking president to be sitting around on the Internet all day like you two people, right? Like uh, Martha McCallum, who sits there at work with a great big... Uh, you know, Twitter thing going constantly, listening to most American adults, say, age um, 40 and up, who are working, don't have time to figure out what the number one song is in the country, right? I mean, some do. Not my thing. And certainly that's not that song. I mean, do it. Anyway, and everybody had to respond to what they thought of that song. 
wouldn't it be great if somebody said, you know what, I I couldn't stand that song. You know, it's not. I mean, if it if it ain't techno, I say heck no. You know, something like that. There's, no, that can't say that. But everybody would have booed. Everybody would have moaned because we are a bunch of children in this country, right? Hey, you got to kick the crowd out of the room. They were hooting and hollering like crazy at the lamest lines sometimes, right? You know, we're going to restore hope for America. Thank you. Woo! People went nuts. And why were they going that nuts when these lines were pretty lame, some of them? Because they were the donors. The candidates could invite, like, hundreds of people. So everybody had their cheering section. So no matter how average it was or below average, you had some people out there going crazy. Um, let's see here. What do we want to do? Um, is this good? Vivek. Hey, by the way. Ramaswamy, everybody. I how do I know how to say his name? It's Vivek. It's not Vivek. It's not Vivek. I've heard it's Vivek. And you know how I know that? I asked him. <laughs> I asked him point blank. I was interviewing him. I don't know four months ago, five months ago. I said, "Listen, your name is uh, you know. Let's face it. It's unfamiliar. Are we. Uh, I'd never heard of this name before. How do you pronounce it?" And he's like, "I'm so glad you asked. It's Vivek." So. um I, it's Vivek, all right? And let's hear Vivek right now. Let's see. We already did the Pence thing. Oh, this was good. He is the most unabashed Trump supporter in the Republican Party right now. Fox News, you keep holding your nose, don't you? Um, oh, and it looked like Martha McCallum wanted to go get drinks with Chris Christie. What the hell was that all about? Very, very flirty and weird. Christie stunk. Christie was nervous. All of his... Uh, the talk show stuff, he, he, you know, he goes on this week with David Brinkley or George Stephanopoulos, and it's one thing to do it with your friends in a studio like that, but he had stage fright. He really was bad. Um, and he looked nervous, strangely enough. Cut 31, please. You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. And if people at home want to see a bunch of people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country. They could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice, and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have to end the weaponization of justice in this country. Kick ass! You you make me laugh because you sit sit here and an answer. You sit here and an answer. Boo! You suck! Uh-huh. You sit here and answer. Wow, huh? The political obituary, the political obituary of of Chris Christie. Let's go ahead and break it out. Write it, right? He was a he was an ordinary guy who luckily became for him the governor of uh, New Jersey. Bullied some people on the boardwalk. 
came up with a dumb slogan after Hurricane Sandy. Uh, we're stronger than the storm. Didn't run for president when he had the chance in 2012, and will forever for uh, will never forgive himself for not doing that. And doesn't want any Republican winning other than himself. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, and he's out for a big buck, right? Wherever he can get it. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, re- remember how he became, like, for a little while, a big deal in the Republican Party. It was by belittling people. It was uh, calling people idiots and stuff like that. Remember, we got hours and hours of that stuff, yelling at the teachers, yelling at the the Marine who didn't want his college campus uh, closed, you know. <laughs> and now here, here he is. Listen to this uh, pompous jerk. And oh, if you ha- guys, if you have a button-down shirt, don't wear one. It's certainly not at a big event like that. Button-down shirts are out. He wore a button-down shirt. Looked really bad. Uh, cut 37. We sit here tonight, the number one song on the Billboard Wait, no, chart. no, 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 no. Cut 37. Uh, 27. I'm sorry. That's This is a, we already heard that one. Uh, do cut one, 27. Look, here's the, here's the bottom line. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay? He's talking about now, Trump. And now whether or not, whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong. The conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. What is he talking about? What does that mean? What about when you go up to people and say, hey, idiot, get off the beach? And, you know... All right, Bridgegate, anybody, goodbye, Chris Christie, uh, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. So I uh oh, that good old boy. Uh, uh, that good old boy. That's what stinks about politics. You got to pretend you like songs like that. You got you got to pretend that that kind of stuff floats your boat. Uh, if you, if you like that song, great. If you don't like that song, great. It doesn't matter. We don't care what you like or not like in terms of your music taste. It's very personal, but it was the first question they asked of those uh, candidates. The biggest loser of tonight, uh, that night was, uh, was Fox news. They don't stand for anything but, uh, but money and hair, uh, money and makeup and, uh, attention and, uh, you know, uh, satisfying globalists. I really, uh, nah, they're just, uh, that bad news, bad news people. All right. Now let's go over to Trump who was on Tucker Carlson's X platform. Are we really going to do this? We're really going to call Twitter X. All right. Uh, here he is on X. This was, uh, viewed by a lot of people, a lot at millions and millions of people watched at least a little bit of this interview. Cut 15. You don't think he's going to make it? To November of twenty. Well, I think he's worse uh, mentally than he is physically, and physically he's not exactly uh, a triathlete or any kind of an athlete. You look at him; he can't walk to the helicopter. He he walks. He can't lift his feet out of the grass. You know, it's only two inches at the White House, right? That's not a lot. But you watch him, and it looks like he's walking on toothpicks. That's uh, Joe Biden for you, uh, according to Donald Trump, and he's spot on, of course. Cut sixteen. When you, when you say there are people on stage who shouldn't be running for president, who do you mean? Well, I don't want to really use names, but it wouldn't matter too much. A guy like, uh, I call him Ada <laughs> Hutchinson. It's Asa, but I call him Ada. Uh, Why do you I call him Ada? Know, I, you know, I could tell you, but I don't want to get myself in a little trouble. 
but he's weak and pathetic, and he was, uh, I never understood the guy, I never knew him. He was the governor of Arkansas, I did not a very popular guy. I don't know how he, but that state is such a great state, the people are so incredible yes. in that state, and they love me and I love them. How does this guy get elected governor of Arkansas? But he's nasty always and uh, has been. Uh, a guy like Chris Christie, the guy left with a 8%, think of it, 8% approval rating in New Jersey. Now he's running for president. And he runs solely on the basis, oh, let's get Trump. Let's, he's like a savage uh, uh, maniac. He's like a lunatic. <laughs> and that's all he talks about. His poll numbers are very, very low. He's about 2%. What's he like? You know him well. No, I've, had, I've been friendly with him over the years, but I couldn't give him a, a job because I just never trusted him very much. Uh, Good call. I was just never one of his people that really trusted him. I never gave him the job. And that's one of the reasons he feels so hurt and so betrayed. And I understand that. I really do. I understand it. But I never gave him. You know, he wanted to be different things. He was looking at different uh, elements of the administration. And we decided, uh, I decided just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. And now I'm glad I did because you see, but you know, we had some, some great people. I had great people. We'll have even better people if we do this because now I know Washington before I didn't know Washington. But guys like Bill Barr were terrible. I mean, they were, I would say, bushies. Uh, I say that with respect to the Bush family, but they were bushies and uh, just it doesn't work out for us. Hey, the whole thing about Ada Hutchinson. What is that? His name is Asa. And what kind of name is Asa, by the way? That's a mystery, too. Asa, he calls him Ada. So I looked it up. What is Ada? I just said, what is Ada? So uh, Ada, meaning noble or of nobility. That's one definition. That can't be what, what he's getting at. There's this also. Ada is a girl's name of German origin, derived from Adelaide. It means noble or nobility. It's popular name in Scandinavian countries. For a girl! Ha! I think we cracked the code. Greg Kelly. Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mm, So what else is going on? James Flippin just walked in. Hello. Um, turn that on, will you? All right. So, uh, uh, I watched the debate and I watched the Tucker Carlson interview mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm really not up to speed on what the hell else is going on. What's going <laughs> what, 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 what's the big stuff? Well, I mean, there's some not so nice stuff to talk about in the city, obviously always kind of, you know, the, the violent stories are the ones that jump off the page. Sometimes, right. Who but, killed who? Uh, really terrible story out of Sunset Park, Brooklyn, where this guy that lived with a family, he's a, a gentleman who I guess was renting a room from this family. So he, he set upon a woman that he lives with with his hammer. He attacked her with a hammer. She died. And then the two her two kids are also now in critical condition. So uh, you know what? Listen, let me put it to you this way. I don't want to hear these kinds of stories. I I hear you. I mean, let's face it. Every day, even when the city is at its almost safest, somebody's murdered in New York. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we haven't had 365 murders in one year, like since the 1600s. We've never had it that low. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. What I remember is when I used to wake up to the radio, I had a alarm clock, and my mother used to sprint into the room because I'd have it on the W uh, what WINS. Uh, yeah. And like, you know. 
A man in the Bronx was decapitated last night, and my mother would just run into the room, turning it off. <laughs> like that's no way to start yeah. your day. Now I know we're not morning time, so no, but that's the. I mean, that, that's going to give me bad dreams. The I guy understand. with the hammer. You know, my grandmother. She used to cover her ears and rock back and forth when certain stories came out of the news on I TV. Mean, what do so we I do with it. that? I mean, like I know, like unfortunately, it like it's a little bit weirdly enough. It's like the human condition. There's always going to be. We're always going to have prisons. They're always going to be murderers. They're all, I mean, it's like, it's hard to get your hands around and your brain around, but it's going to happen. So, uh, I'm not saying you got to cheer me up, but no more well, hammer attacks. Well, how about this? This is something that I think will speak to your, uh, preconceived notions to an extent. New Jersey has the state, uh, the U.S. worst driving experience, apparently. Oh, this is a, well, this is a phony baloney, uh, uh survey. Who did this? Seriously. Money geek. Exactly. What is money geek? But it's like two guys in a garage who said, let's come up with some survey that we could get the fake. Sorry. Not you. I mean, come on, right? Money geek. What is money geek? I think it's just it's kind not of. Ga- it's a fun thing. They it's just, fun it's, to kind of poke at New Jersey a little bit. You know, that's less of a thing than ever before. It's like, I mean, I love Joe Piscopo, but it's been a long time since the, uh, you know, I love Jersey. Do you love Jersey? Well, you know, Chris Christie last night, he, I know. he accused the moderator of asking about UFOs because he's from New Jersey. But that was lame. <laughs> no, it was lame. It's like it's not a thing anymore. People right. live where you live. We don't like, hey, you know, what are you ganging up on Jersey for? People don't gang up on Jersey. Nobody cares. You live in New Jersey. You live in New York. You do your thing. I don't know. I think that's a very, you know what? You know who does do that? Pennsylvania. People mm. who live in Pennsylvania are like, you know, you got to eat a hoagie this way, not that way. Or how do they talk there again? <laughs> a uh, bit like- they wouldn't say home. They would say home. There's like an I in there all of a sudden. It's no. Phone, it's phone. Yeah, that's how they talk. Water. It's words. They say phone. Phone. I I don't think Pennsylvania is effeminate. I mean, you make it is sound that effeminate. Fem- that sounds very effeminate. I think that's a pretty good phone? South Jersey Philly phone? accent. Yeah, Excuse phone. me, I have to get the phone? All right. You're losing credibility <laughs> fast. No, I'm really kidding. What else? Anything else? Uh, Well, uh, just sticking with New Jersey, there's now a special text line. You can text Governor Phil Murphy. Oh, give me a break with this phony baloney press release stuff from the governor's office. You can text Phil Murphy like he's going to look at it. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're going to be texting the Office of Economic uh, uh, Viabilities uh, Social Media uh, Department intern, and, you know, and then they're not they're going to send you a form letter, or no, they're going to just have your phone number so they can blast you. You know, vote Murphy. That's and, it. And on Long Island, you know, you follow this story closely. Rex Hewerman submitted another DNA sample on Wednesday. It's still the same DNA. They got it from the pizza. Yeah, I don't really understand that. I'm not sure why they needed another DNA sample, but the judge forced him to do it. So he did that on Wednesday. The judge forced him to do it. I mean, he's in jail. Just take it. I, I, again, I don't understand the you know civil rights aspect of it, but apparently they needed another swab. All right. Oh, well, sounds like it's a pretty quiet day out there, and all it's all Trump. It's a lot of national. Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. And DeSantis... I'm sorry, man. He was like an afterthought. Pretty what are much. you doing? Like, if you're with your Ron DeSantis, you went to all that trouble. First, you know, you will volunteer to go to Iraq, you know, and then you work your ass off to become a congressman. And then you work your ass off. Actually, he ran for Senate first. That didn't work out. Then he runs for governor. Then you work your ass off as governor and you get reelected record margin. And then this guy, this, you know, this, this, this guy. Very smart guy, but this guy, he didn't do any of the stuff that, you know, politicians think you have to do. And his body language wasn't good. He was doing like a teeth grinding thing. He kind of has like a weird, like shifting eyes thing. I don't know. I told everybody a year ago that he's not ready. Uh, he's, he's got all those weird quirks. 
And yeah, I don't think he likes people. Uh, no, by the way, I think it's fine that, uh, Ramaswamy is doing so well. I don't think you have to do any of that. Oh, I thought you meant it was fine not to like people. Uh, to each his own. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you're in politics. You shouldn't be, you know, if you like, if you don't like people, that's not the good business for you. Mm -hmm. Like Obama, believe it or not, his, his close associates said that he did not like people. Hmm. He didn't even like politics. He likes money. And I hear he likes a few other things. We'll get into some other time. Um, not what you're thinking. No comment. Something else. Oh, something else. Okay. All right. James Flippin, the one and only. I hey, want to just talk to Carlotta real quick. She's Let's from Rhode Island. She yeah. thinks that's a big deal. Um, well, actually, no, that's, uh, you don't make a big deal about being from Rhode Island. Um, do you, Carlotta? What do you, th are you, do you have pride in Rhode Island? Well, I'm not a native Rhode Islander, but yes. All right. Uh, what's up? Okay. I know why people do not like DeSantis. Oh, and then, to, and to overlook, remarks that uh, Vance Tibby or whatever his name made that I haven't heard anyone say that we're almost brilliant. Okay. They don't like him because we we really thought that he would be like Batman and Robin with Trump. He would, They would team up and he would carry out all his policies and that the two of them would be the best thing that conservatives had, like almost a guaranteed 12-year role. Whatever gave you whatever gave you that idea that they would team up as Batman and Robin. I mean, I didn't get that impression the day he declared for president when Trump already had declared. There's no I mean, I don't understand. I mean, that sounds a little I don't get that. When were they ever going to be a team, a 12 year team? I, 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 that, that, that doesn't make any sense. He hoped. OK, we Who hope. Well, you may have hoped, but you had nothing to base that on. I'm sorry. Um, what's the next thing that we all missed? Uh, well, when, when, what was it? Can you pronounce his name? That should be. Who? Um, Ramaswamy. Looking guy. Yeah, but Swami. The okay. what looking guy? What did you say? The good looking guy. I guess he is kind of cool. He's kind of cool looking. His hair is a little bit too poofy. Uh, Vivek All Ramaswamy. Right. Yes, Vivek. Vivek is the first name. Nobody says it right, uh, but you and, but me and possibly you after this call. What us? What about him? He went said to Chris. Uh, Christy, give me a hug when Obama's name was mentioned. Nobody caught that. Oh, you think, huh? Oh, you think. Well, one thing was they were yelling and screaming and shouting. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, so you couldn't hear it very well. Um, but let me just put it to you this way, and I can tell you, uh, let me just say this. I wasn't surprised at all to hear that comment. Not one bit. I would have been surprised to not hear it. One other thing that we all missed, uh, allegedly, Carlotta? When Chris Christie said, well, you can't be, run a presidency on uh, vengeance, and Vivek said, well, you're running your whole campaign on, on it. Vivek, yeah, I, I, all right, Carlotta, I'm sorry. That, that These are good moments, but we all saw it. I know, but I haven't heard anyone comment on it. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I guess you're the first. You're not really the first, but uh, anyway. Uh, thank you, Carlotta, very, very much. I mean, I don't know. She comes on. I love Carlotta, but she comes on like, you know, somehow I was deficient in my analysis because uh, I didn't like, you know. And, I don't know if that's how you should take it. I think she put a she put a highlighter under some of your comments. Yeah, but here. she I, is like, you know, nobody else has pointed this out but me. <laughs> and I, I just don't think that's right. And, you know, my my family is listening and my bosses are listening. And I can't stand it when a caller comes in, calls and says, you didn't do this or you didn't do that or you were wrong about this or you're wrong about that. Um so, uh, like you, uh, Francis, hello. Yeah, Greg, you know what? You're absolutely right about Chris Christie. Calm down. You see what I mean? All right. I'm going to put you on hold here for a second, okay? Whew. 
Deep breath. Wow. All right, Francis, one more time. Oh, my God, stop. It's really wild. Uh, Sandra is nice and mild-mannered. Hello. Oh, I'm laughing from that, man. That is so funny. But, um, you know, I had I saw the debate, and I enjoyed watching it, and I have comments about each person, but I know you're not going to let me talk too much. But what bothered me... Sorry. I mean, sorry. I mean, you know, I, I, no, sorry. No, I, I understand. you got to get a Twitter account to augment your daily media appearances on WABC. Greg, let me tell you what bothered me about that debate. When all of a sudden, out of the blue, we have to see where Trump is going to be indicted. I think that was a very, very nasty cheap shot that the Murdochs did. That made the wolves go after the food. I didn't like that. Uh, yeah, I know. And let's face it, the jail looked pretty ramshackle and dumpy, right? You know, that's where Trump is going to be tomorrow. It looked like Stalag 17. It looked like a concentration camp. It really looked nasty. It really did. It looked like, uh, I don't know. It looked horrible. So, right? Greg, how do you anticipate his mugshot coming off? Do you think it's going to be an iconic image, sort of lost to history, or you think this mugshot's going to be a big deal? Yeah, it's going to be a big deal. We're going to put it on coffee mugs. We're going to put it on, uh, on, um, you know, bumper stickers. We're going to make it a big thing, t-shirts and whatnot. And, uh, you know, look, let's face it, Sandra, it's unusual that a president will be turning themselves in the next day. He didn't show up at the debate, which I think was the right move. You know, they can point their camera or whatever they want. You know, don't get worked up about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Love you, babe. Thank you very much, Sandra. Anything else real quick? Oh, shoot. I didn't mean to call her babe. I shouldn't yeah. be doing that. It was a platonic babe. Exactly. <laughs> One more. Debbie. Hi, Greg. Greg, something that people often forget <gasps> about Governor Christie what? Is that when he was governor of New Jersey, Senator Frank Lautenberg passed away. And it was Christie's constitutional obligation to name someone to fill his seat. And who did he name? Not an experienced, intelligent, respectable Republican. He named Cory Spartacus Booker, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, to replace Lautenberg, which in my view, and I'd be interested in your view, says a lot about Christie, that Christie's focus is Christie. Uh, I, I hate to, I hate to uh, correct you, but that is not true. He did not really? appoint He did not appoint Booker. He appointed some guy. I'm trying to think of his name now. He was some lawyer who worked with Christie. He was the interim senator. And it wasn't Chris. It wasn't. It was not Cory Booker. Who was it, Jane Slippin? It's a lawyer, the interim senator from, uh, you're right, the governor gets that, um, Authority, if there's a vacancy. Chesa? I don't know how to pronounce that, the name. Chesa, Chesa Boudin? No, 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 no. Jeffrey S. Chesa? Jeff, some guy named Jeffrey. He was a lawyer, right? He was a lawyer, wasn't he? He was the, uh, he was the state's AG, I think. Uh, no, I don't think it was him either. He was like a guy, Mendham. I think his name was Mendham. Shoot. New Jersey, New Jersey interim U.S. senator. Damn, I wish I could Google better. Um, uh, I'm oh, stuff yeah, about yeah, Jeff, yeah. Chisa. Jeff Jeffrey Chisa to be interim senator. Chris Christie of New Jersey on Thursday, this is June 6, 2013, appointed Jeffrey Chiesa, the state's attorney general, to temporarily fill the seat uh, left vacant uh, by the death of Frank Lautenberg. Okay? 
All right. So, Debbie. Thanks for correcting me. Absolutely. You know, you call the radio station with information that's not accurate. You can get in big trouble for that. Well, I'm glad you corrected it. All right. Well, it's a good thing because I could have gotten in trouble if I didn't have that information. You know, we could get fined for that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm only joking. That doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. Um, bottom line, did you watch the debate? Who won? The entire, I watched the entire debate. Who won? Well, um, interesting question. Ramaswamy, um, right? No, not really. And well, you know, what are the standards? Oh, don't tell me, Nikki Haley. Who won? Nikki Haley. Who had the most energy? Yes, but um, knowing what Ramaswamy stands for, uh, in my view, he didn't win. Voting is not a Valentine. You have to vote platform. What do people stand? Not for? necessarily. Sometimes, I mean, I, I, my 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 neighbor and I may agree. With everything, you know, I'm not going to find anybody who agrees. Also, it's electability. Also, it's vision. I would conceivably vote for somebody who disagrees with me on a lot of stuff. You know, I don't see eye to eye with any person on everything. You know, Debbie, I don't know. So bottom line, who do you like the most? I agree with you. You can't. Who do you like the most? I need I need to know who's the who's the person. Who would I choose of that group? All right. Um, All right. uh, Let me know tomorrow. Okay, I got to go. DeSantis. You're, DeSantis. All right. All right. And I never knew you were such so swampy. Well, because I wasn't impressed. All right. Debbie's a tough customer, to, uh, but I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, and thanks, actually, for reminding us. Yeah, it was Chris Christie who appointed that guy. And uh, you know what? He appointed a nobody. That's I mean, true. Let's face it, right? Because he, he didn't want any political competition. That's what these guys are all about. They're all egomaniacs. Thank you, Debbie. We'll be right back. Thank you, James. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Why are you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that, and many people said you shouldn't do them, but you see the polls have come out, and I'm leading by 50 and 60 points, and, you know, some of them are at one and zero and uh, two. And I'm saying, do I sit there for an hour or two hours, whatever it's going to be, and uh, get harassed by people that shouldn't even be running for president? Should I be doing that? Good for him. He made the right call. And how about Rudy Giuliani? Do you see? You see that mob of reporters around him yesterday when he's arrested by corrupt officials down there on a phony charge, phony charges, making a phone call, uh, putting out a tweet. Uh, leaving a voicemail, asking somebody to call him back. These are actual counts. These are actual crimes he's accused of uh, committing. You know, oh, it's in furtherance of a conspiracy. Give me a freaking break. You know, RICO is about murder. It's about extortion. It's about gambling. It's about prostitution. And if you make a phone call that advances one of those enterprises, yeah, RICO might apply. Racketeering, influence, corruption, and uh, 
and something uh, charges. Okay, RICO is for that. But, you know, uh, debating the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and calling up a state legislator and saying, you know, under the Constitution, you have more authority than I think you realize here. Assemblyman John Doe, whatever your name, (laughs) you're allowed to do that. And most of these people in these state uh, houses, they don't know a damn thing. They're just wannabe celebrities. And they had no idea what the hell their authority was. They never read the Constitution. Um, And Rudy and Jenna Ellis and the rest of them. You're allowed to talk about this stuff. You're allowed to debate people on on television, in private, uh, at public hearings, the meaning of the Constitution. People disagree about that stuff all the time. It's fine. It's crazy. Just crazy. But Rudy holding his head high yesterday. Cut 25. Please. Willis will go down in American history as having conducted one of the worst attacks on the American Constitution ever when this case was dismissed. All right. That wasn't the best quote in the world, but uh, let's try another one. Cut 26. Uh, To Georgia, and I'm feeling very, very good about it because I feel like I'm defending the rights of all Americans, as I did so many times as a United States attorney. People, People like to say I'm different. I'm the same Rudy Giuliani that took down the mafia, that made New York City the safest city in America. Reduce crime more than any mayor in the history of any city, anywhere. And I'm fighting for justice. I have been from the first moment. I represented Donald Trump. And it's a man who has now been proven innocent several times. I don't know how many times he has to be proven innocent. And they have to be proven to be liars. Actually, enemies of our republic. Who are destroying rights, sacred rights. They're destroying my right to counsel, my right to be a lawyer. They're destroying his right to counsel. It's not accidental that they've indicted all his lawyers. Can you believe it? They indicted all the lawyers. You know, where the heck are you, Chris Christie, huh? You're advancing yourself. Cut two, please. I'd like to answer the question you asked and not give a pre-canned speech. Ooh, you're so spontaneous. Pence stood for the Constitution. And he deserves not grudging credit. He deserves our thanks as Americans for putting... His oath of office and the Constitution of the United States before personal, political, and unfair pressure. No, and you're allowed to pressure people in America. In this party, before we can move on to the issues that Ron talked about, stop. Is we can't stand that guy. And why do you want to defend him? Where is that person? Susan in Lindbrook. Yes, I live on the South Shore of Long Island. When Chris Christie hugged Obama, he was the governor of New Jersey that was decimated by Hurricane Superstorm Sandy. So was Long Island. Pete King was screaming because the federal government. Hey, Susan, 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 Susan. I quite frankly have no problem with him hugging Obama. And it wasn't really a hug, it was more of a tap on the back. All right. I have no problem with that. What I do have a problem with, though, is two days later, when they ask him, hey, will you meet with uh, Governor Romney? Because uh, he wants to know what's going on there. Chris Christie said, I could care less. No, I'm not interested. He was about to be the president-elect, potentially. He screwed him over. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <sighs> wow. I don't know why this is online, but uh reminds me, summer 2020, cops taking a knee in Philadelphia. Cops and National Guard troops taking a knee. That did happen. 
in uh, in in some places. Actually, I saw pockets of it happening here in in New York City. Uh, let's see, uh, it's supposed to serve and protect, not do the regime's interests, Democrat regimes, Democrats who are trying to uh, take out a Republican by whatever means necessary, taking a knee. Where did that George Floyd summer get us? Huh? Legalized shoplifting, legalized criminality of all kinds, legalized drug use, um, you know, cancel culture in full swing. God forbid if you are a white woman and you stand up for your rights in public and somebody feels offended and they get it on videotape, you could be, well, you could lose everything. You could absolutely, if you're rude, if you happen to be rude to somebody who does not look like you, and depending what the power structure is, right? Because right now, white women at the bottom of the heap, at the bottom of the ladder. It's incredible. This is like, it's so, it's like a, a, a I don't know, Star Trek episode or something like that. You know, being down to a crazy planet where they all judge on these kinds of factors. And there's a crazy pecking order. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. Um, and there wasn't enough uh, about that last night. You know, there's there was just, they all were trying to curry favor. Some exceptions. Vivek, definitely. He just might have been the only one who was actually speaking to the people, not powerful corporate interests. Not trying to ingratiate themselves with um, Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. Now, can I, you know, sometimes they were booing Vivek, and that's okay. You want a crowd like that booing you, because it wasn't a cross-section of America. It wasn't even a cross-section of Republicans. It was uh, very important people who give money, serious money, to candidates, right? If you're Mike Pence, you get to invite some people to the debate. You're going to invite people who are going to cheer for you. Who's going to go? Uh, friends, family, and donors, right? They did it to Trump a lot at the uh, debates. They would boo him. And we know what uh, what he was doing to the preferred candidates. He was slaughtering them on stage. But listen to this. This is uh, one of the debates in 2016, and the crowd, I say crowd. Well, listen to what Trump did, how he handled it. Go ahead. Hold on, uh, let me talk quiet. Help a, lot of times, a lot of times. That's all of his donors and special interests out there. <laughs> so that's what it is. That's what. And by the way, let me just tell you, we needed tickets. You can't get them. You know who has the tickets for the I'm talking about to the television audience, donors, special interests, the people that are putting up the money. So it is. The RNC told us we have all donors in the audience. And the reason they're not loving me, the reason they're not, excuse me. The reason they're not loving me is I don't want their money. I'm going to do the right thing for the American public. I don't want their money. I don't need their money. And I'm the only one up here that can say that. Eminent domain. Eminent domain what? I didn't, he didn't finish the thought. Um, but it's great. It's, uh, it's great. And nobody could call out the system. And Vivek's Ramaswamy, wherever he was, how old was he seven years ago? 31 years old. He was listening, taking notes. I know they're going through his record saying, well, he did not have the same opinion in in March of 2019. He said something different. Well, you know what? First of all, he's running to represent people. All right. You got to factor that in. This is a democracy. It's not a it's not a kingdom. You know, the emperor, not everything he said. He has to accommodate us. And good leaders do that. Accommodate where people are and people evolve. People change. There's new data. You reevaluate prior positions. That's okay. 
happens all the time. It should happen. Um, what's the other thing? Hey, <sighs> Maui and the fire there. That needed to be discussed more last night. And now I'm seeing these really crazy videos. Really crazy. Why did they hold that figure? Remember, I remember hearing somebody said 36 people have died in Maui, a staggering figure. Well, <laughs> I mean, when are we going to get real? I'm still hearing things about, well, the people are missing, and looks like it's well over a 1,000. And there are some crazy videos that are emerging. And since I don't have the entire context, I'm, um, I'm, I'm reluctant to summarize them all. But we have to have a almost a 9-11 commission style investigation into what the hell happened and the emergency response. Um, it's, it's very dark. One guy said, we are stuck in a circle of fire and they will not let us out. And I, I want to f- find out more about who they are. According to this guy, it's a very, very sad video. You can tell. And I think he's one of the guys, you know, those cars that look like they were incinerated in a, in a nuclear blast. Tough stuff. Really, really tough stuff. All right. It's funny. It's just like another day. He's going to get, uh, he's going to get indicted and it's, uh, or arrested. And it's really not even the top of the news right now. Uh, people are saying that that plane was not, did not just crash. It was shot down. Everybody all day long said, uh, Prigozhin's plane crashed. It didn't crash if it was shot down and, Obviously, this was, or if it was um, bombed, you know, if they planted a bomb on board that little private jet, Prigozhin, a mercenary, weirdest country in the world, Russia. So many countries, my goodness gracious! You know, we have our problems. We got a lot of problems. I mean, really, are we? But I mean, we're not like that, right? We're not like that. Uh, they're putting President Trump in jail. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't kill opponents. Uh, although they want to kill Trump. I mean, they 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 do. Actually, Tucker Carlson pointed that out. You know, they want to kill you. You know they want to kill you. Yeah, he asked him about that. Let's do one more, if you don't mind. Uh, This is uh, Donald Trump with Tucker Carlson. Cut 20. You got... Number one is a border. And taking hundreds of thousands of criminals that have been allowed into our country and getting them out and bringing them back to their country. Guatemala. By the way... He seems a little subdued, actually. He's a little subdued. Neighbors. Go to 21. Go to 21. Here he is on Mike Pence on January 6th. you got to understand, in my opinion, Mike Pence had the absolute right to send the votes back to the legislatures. Uh, the Democrats and everybody said, you don't have the right. In other words, what I said, is he a human conveyor belt? You mean, if he finds fraud in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in any of these states, Arizona, he has to send them to Mitch McConnell, right? That's right, sir. Well... If he finds fraud, he has to. Yes, sir. I said, so he's just so he's a conveyor belt. Yeah, and it's a, a question that uh, should have been debated and possibly settled by the Supreme Court. Um, can you imagine that? He sees fraud. And, oh, I just have to. That's my only role here. Even that crazy Judge Ludig didn't even say that. Didn't even say that. So. Uh, and no one understands that. I mean, nobody, the media never even gave it, um, an adequate explanation. They just said, uh, you know, it's black and white. No, it's not. And why do we have five to four decisions? And those decisions, if you look at them, sometimes they're hundreds of pages long. Constitutional law, even though the Constitution is pretty straightforward, interpretation of it can get very, very complicated. And the, the analogy I like to draw, imagine if in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the capital of Pennsylvania, they, uh, some maniac went in there and held everybody hostage and said, you gotta vote for, um, 
Joe Biden or else I'm uh, going to you know kill all you guys. God forbid that didn't happen. Let's just pretend it did. Right. And we're all going to stay in here until the vote is counted. So and uh, give me your cell phones and nobody can call. So just submit those votes. OK. And let's say they get to Mike Pence and they get to Mike Pence. And that's when they rush the hijacker and they get on the phone and they say, wait a second, we didn't vote that way. Is Mike Pence just supposed to, you know, all I can do. They've already been certified. No, of course he would have options. It's logical, right, Murray? Murray, Murray, up uh, state. How are you? What's up? How are you, Greg? Greg, I got to tell you, you are a very loyal guy. I remember the first day on WABC, your show, and the first words out of your mouth were, I want to be honest with everybody listening. Uh Uh-oh. What did I say? Say that again. I want to be honest with everybody listening. You got cut off. What did I say? You said, I like Donald Trump. Two, I love his policies. And three, you know what? I even like his tweets. (laughs) And now that I have that out front, let's move on. And that was the first, because I was on the phone with John, your boss, who's a good friend, and we were setting up a meeting. And that person was actually meeting with Donald Trump. And that person called me and said, I'm going to be late. I said, oh, man. I said, please. You know, it's not that easy to get a half-hour meeting with John. But I said, but I just heard Greg Kelly say this. And he said, Mr. President, you know what he just, Greg Kelly just said? And he said, tell him I love it. (laughs) So I'll always remember that. And what's gone on in the last few years, look, you know, he's always right. I wanted him to be at that debate. I wanted him to point to Christie to say something to him and to him to point to Christie and say, I don't answer rats. But, you know, and that's the kind of thing he might have done. But he's right. He made the right move. That was a triple-A event last night. Good people. Any of them are better than the other side. But he did not have to be there. And there's going to be plenty of time for him to be on that stage and doing his thing and uh, you've been great and just keep it up and uh, i thank you for that no oh, murray i thank you man you never know who's listening you're listening your friend and donald trump gets the, the gets the message how did that meeting work out uh how did the meeting ultimately work out it did it was very big john you know he listened to me and he did he went with these people on something very big all right and they're still with him today so it worked out well. I love it, Murray. Many thanks. Keep in touch. Huh. Yeah, I remember that. I don't really remember uh, the first day very much. March of 2021. Uh, total honor, by the way, really, to uh, to get to work here. And, uh, yeah, share with you. Be totally honest. Be totally honest about my, um, you know, admiration, affection for Donald Trump. You know, a lot of people, especially in March 2021. Remember, that was just a few weeks after January 6th, everybody was running around, nervous, wetting their pants. Oh, my God. You know, we got to trying to cancel him, cancel us, cancel you, cancel me. Uh, I'm like, you know what? Um, I didn't say anything wrong or do anything wrong, and neither did he, and neither did Rudy Giuliani. And this is still America, and we are allowed to object, just like the Democrats did in 2017 and 13 and oh, every single election, every single time a Republican is elected. They pull the same stuff on the on the house floor 
on the big day when they're counting the electoral votes. Uh, uh, for them, though, they could never really get their act together because they never had a case. So they could never get a senator. Generally speaking, senators tend to be, not always, but tend to be slightly more responsible. And, you know, they have the long game in mind instead of the short game for the Congress. Congress is very, very reactive to the passions of the moment. The Senate, six-year term, designed that way to be not as, um, you know, immediately kind of excitable as the House is. And they could never get a senator to sign on. And why were the uh, House Republicans able to do that? Well, because they're... Concerns were valid and genuine. They took advantage of COVID. It's a matter of logic. And there was fraud in the election. Absolutely. And even the Jack Smith, that dirty prosecutor, acknowledges it, that there was fraud in the 2020 election. Now, he says, well, it was not outcome determinative. I don't know how the hell he knows that, but let's say that, okay, you can debate that. You can debate that. I understand everybody. Joe Biden's the president. Please don't call the police. Um, outcome determinative fraud. <laughs> 150 million votes. If you look at it in key states, if only 10,000 votes were switched here, 20,000 votes. Now, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that certain votes cast were illegal, especially Pennsylvania. They blew off the entire Constitution because COVID said they could. Well, it couldn't. A disease does not have that kind of authority. I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Who remembers uh, Haley? What the hell's her name again? Haley Berry. Haley Berry. She's the actress, right? She's uh, very, very beautiful. What was she in? She was in a couple of those James Bond movies. She was in Dead Man Walking. Um and uh, very beautiful. She's worth $90 million. Uh, I didn't know she was that prolific. Was she ever that prolific? Uh, so she's got divorced from her husband, uh, Olivier Martinez, and she's got to pay him uh, $8,000 a month in child support. And then he gets like 2% of anything she makes over $2 million. You don't hear about that very often. The... Um, you know, the wife having to pay alimony to the husband, but I guess it does happen sometimes, especially when the, you know, net worth is that high. Let's see. Uh, this is the third time out for her. I just, you know, Haley, Haley Berry is a genuine celebrity, right? I mean, she's, uh, people know her, may not know the movies and her career may not be as uh, busy as it was a few years ago. Um, but Haley Berry, everybody can kind of think of something when it comes to, to her, uh, when you look at these other celebrities that are uh, floating around, I just have, I have no idea. I don't know if, uh, like, for instance, who are these people? Uh, Hannah Ann Sluss. Anybody know who that is? She's one of the, how many reality TV shows are there? She's a reality TV star. Hannah Ann Sluss, S-L-U-S-S. Uh-oh. Malia and Sasha Obama, they have, they look like wild women. They are total, I mean, they look like club girls. I mean, how old are they? Aren't they, what's her name, Malia? Yikes. And you know what they're not about at all? I'm sorry, service. Public service, These. this is hedonistic stuff. Hey, I had a hedonistic phase as well, all right? I did, Um, but I, uh, when I, I, I just feel like 
what do they say? Too much is given, much is expected, right? These girls have had every possible advantage you could ever think of. And they're hanging around with Drake, right? They're hanging around with that rap guy, Drake. It's just what he needs. More more women in his posse. Drake. Uh, I met Drake once, by the way. And believe it or not, I did not know it was Drake. This is about 10 years ago. I didn't, I didn't know nothing about Drake. And, uh, we started talking about G.I. Joe's because he actually looks a little bit like G.I. Joe. And, um, I didn't, I really didn't figure it out. He said, yeah, I do some acting and I do some singing and I, uh, interesting. And I didn't really think much of it till years later. Wait, oh, it's the same guy. He was totally cool. Um, you know, somebody you just talked to actually was first class on a flight. I was on a first class flight and there was a uh, Drake. Um, Called himself something else. I forgot. But these girls, Malia and Sasha, it's not good. I don't think Barack would like this. She's wearing a, she's wearing a, you know, <laughs> indecent. It's not decent. She's wearing like strings. It's not like a string bikini. She's wearing a string thing out in public. And her hair is, uh, quite frankly, you know, down past her ass, which is, mm, not exactly hygienic. It doesn't look, uh, but whatever. Um, now then there's, uh, little sister Sasha. Ooh. Sorry. She should not be pulling the bare midriff. She's got some issues in the hip and tummy area, i.e., some fatness. Hey, I do too. But you cover up when you got those issues going on, okay? Get ripped and then you can do this, Malia Obama. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, keep your eye. Well, don't keep your eye. Just it could happen. Putin is uh, teetering on the verge of uh, who knows what in Russia right now. This getting rid of his enemy, uh, Prigozhin, uh, didn't exactly end all of his problems. There's all kinds of turmoil. Uh, the Pentagon comings and goings and uh, something something seems to be up over there. Uh, imagine that, huh? Hey, the other thing that came up a lot last night, uh, Ukraine, you know, do we really want to, uh, do we really want to support, uh, Ukraine forever? You know, no questions asked. I think that's a good question to ask. Who's heard of Polo G, the rapper? Um, neither have I. Uh, <laughs> he's one of these, uh, you know, non-famous, famous guys who was, uh, arrested and, uh, uh, he, uh, here he is. I see him coming out of his house with his hands up, cops all over the place. The officers have detained Polo to verify that he is not a convicted felon as they assert a firearm was found at the home. It is widely known that Polo is not a convicted felon and never has been a convicted felon. Uh, this is from the lawyer. Polo. Polo. Uh, is it Polo or Pol- Polo G? Polo. Everybody seems to be famous right now. It's a little bit uh, out of control, right? Um, let's see. Uh, hello, Audra. Hello. Good afternoon. I have a question concerning Vivek Ramaswamy from yesterday. Um, I noticed that he said that everyone was bought and sold, of course, except for him. But after he graduated Harvard and he became an investment banker. Is this that thing about the scholarship? Is this the thing about the scholarship? That's right. Now, well, it's from a friend of a Soros or a relative of a Soros. Look, I told you this yesterday. I think this is opposition research. I think they're kind of, uh, I think they're desperate to stop him. 
uh, Soros, you know, <laughs> he kind of went crazy about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. He got a scholarship when he was 24 years old. Do you remember applying for grants and stuff like that? You know, you apply, anybody who's given away money, you apply to try to get it. And he got it. I don't hold that against him. I don't think he's bought. If he got a grant from something who was not George Soros, might have been Paul Soros. And then it's like this thing and that thing and Soros tied. I don't know. Soros is not funding his campaign. He's not. You know, did he, did Soros have some piece of a scholarship that he got a long time ago? I don't really care. And I don't trust the information, to be honest, because I think, uh, it's opposition research and they're, they're notoriously sloppy and, uh, they love to smear and I don't know. I don't know. So I, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is okay in my book and he's the, uh, he's the guy to watch. What you're saying is a far cry from taking money from George Soros, okay? A scholarship to go to law school, a partial scholarship, by the way, I think is fine, Audra. I don't, uh, I don't have a beef with it. You know, I've been to galas. I've been to galas in New York City, this gala, that gala. You know, you get invited to these things when you're hosting Good Day New York. I don't know who the hell's buying the tables. I, I, I apparently, I, I, I ran into George Soros' son at one of these things. You know, was it, what, did I eat? I ate a meal provided by George Soros, apparently. You know what I mean? You could say that. So, you know, that, that, that's the dirtiest thing they've got on Vivek. He's going to do very well here, Audra, very well. But you have to understand that George Soros. I know all about him. I, I, I know, I know all huh? about, I, no, I mean, look, if I, the money is the money. You know, you could do the political thing. I'm going to return the money because, no, I mean, look, if you want to arrest George Soros, I think he's a bad guy. I, I think he's uh, very weird, and I want he wants to destroy America. But uh, if he set up some educational grant or something a long time ago, and it wasn't him, it was his brother, I believe, Paul. So, I mean, if you want to hold that again, don't vote for Vivek. You know, do your thing. And thank you very much. Thank you, Water. Uh, what's up, Ann? Uh, hi, Greg. How are you? Listen, I want to say thank you so much for remaining uh, loyal to President Trump. You know I agree with you on everything. I love him. I'm praying for him today. I'm worried about him. And also, there's something about Byron Donalds. I like him very much. What are your thoughts about him? I would like him as even a running mate for uh, President Trump. I was not impressed with anyone on the stage. I didn't watch the debate. I watched you last night, all night on Newsmax, and I uh, I watched some of Tucker and uh, President Trump. Well, thank you. Um, listen, I like Byron Donalds as well. I really do. I think he's uh, uh, really impressive, smart, uh, cool. Um, I don't think he's uh, ready to be vice president. Uh, he was elected to the House, I think, in 2016. And you could say, what difference is that? You know, I mean, what difference does that make? Well, you know, he's only 40 something. Um, you know, he was he had a great career, but it wasn't like he was this superstar like that everybody knew or he's not a billionaire or anything like that. I like him. I think he needs a few more years. I'd give him another decade. There's no rush. I'd give him another decade. He needs a bit more seasoning, um, maybe a decade or so. All right, maybe get him into the Senate. Maybe he goes back into the private sector. You know what I mean? I think it's a little bit, uh, you know, great guy. Just, But every great guy, you don't install him as the president or vice president. I see. Who would you like? I, I mean, I, my first, I don't like anyone that's, you know, on the stage. Like I said, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I don't know. He's got a real tough uh, challenge on his hand, Donald Trump. I asked him last April. 
I said, look, it looks like you got this thing locked up, right? You got, you have the presidency, you have at least the nomination locked up. You've got the time to really consider who you're going to pick for vice president and who's it going to be. And actually somebody last night recommended Byron Donalds. You're not the only one. There's some buzz about him. Uh, somebody else said Ben Carson. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I really, nobody on the stage, possibly Vivek, possibly, but I don't know. I don't know. Who? 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 Him, I don't trust him. Who? I've been told by a Who? lot of Who don't you I'm trust? I don't trust Vivek. I don't know. There's something about him. That's my opinion. That's the only thing I disagree with you on. <laughs> I don't know this stuff. It's no, I get it. Listen, sometimes you get this. I'm not going to dismiss that. You get a gut feel, you know, and sometimes people who are really smooth talkers, you know, but I'll tell you this. He's a lot better than Buttigieg from a few years ago. Remember that con artist? You know, Buttigieg, the only thing you got from Buttigieg is like, wow, that guy seems really smart. With Vivek, it's like, man, I don't know. He understands. He understands. He's really communicating. He communicates as opposed to showing off. And that's what Buttigieg did. So, look, if you got that feeling, you know, I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. Um, but sometimes, you know, our first impressions are wrong. I'm trying to think about somebody who I was uh, – can't think of anybody politically. I do remember a guy I met in the Marine Corps, Joe Murphy. I just hated this guy. I just thought he was such a jerk and, you know, I we didn't get along. And then he became one of my best friends. I, I, it just became – but when we first – for like six months, we were just – and we were in the same, like, little squad – that happens, and I love it when it happens. By the way, I love it. I love it. You know, and uh, thank you very much. Oh, sorry, we got to go about to the Obama girls with Victor. Yes, Victor, what's the issue? Hey, uh, just I just uh, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you and give your audience some uh, thing to think about. Has anyone ever seen a picture of Michelle Obama pregnant? Oh, I heard this thing. Look, I don't like to get into that. You know, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't subscribe to that. All right. Uh, when she was pregnant in the, in the, in the mid nineties, uh, it wasn't like it is today where you take pictures like a lunatic every, every, you know, I, I, if everybody gets about uh, 200 pictures taken a day, selfies and all that stuff. You could go, you could go two years in the nineties without getting your picture taken. All right. There's like no pictures of me for my entire college career. I think there's a high school graduation photo, a, a graduation photo, photo from college. And I think I took, a, I got a driver's license photo somewhere in the middle there. I, it's all, I, I know I went to college. I have no photographic proof that I went to college. You know, you had to take the damn camera. You had to develop it. You had to bring it to the drugstore or the photo mat. You know, and sometimes you lost the film or it got overexposed. Remember what a pain in the neck it was to take pictures? Oh so I've heard God, that, yeah. the, I've heard that theory before. Look, and I've taken a good look at Michelle Obama. All right. That's a woman. May not be your type. She may be a bit stocky. She may be this. She may be that. She may have an attitude. But I do believe that that is a biological female, Michelle Obama. Now, I know that upsets certain people. <laughs> Somebody called me a rhino for saying that, believe it or not. A rhino. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's how I feel. What are you going to do? Um, hey, it's really cloudy out right now. It's, uh, it looks like it's going to rain. And, uh, and that would be fine with me. Rumor has it, I could be talking to a very important person, like the most important person in the world. 
um, human being wise, uh, within the next couple of hours, I will keep you posted. Very, sh- I can't say much more than that, but you can figure it out. Okay. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The mayor himself, uh, Mayor Giuliani, standing by. We'll talk to him in a moment. It's he's back from Atlanta. What a wild trip, huh? Imagine that getting arrested and uh, and the whole world watching. Live cameras inside uh, uh, or uh, at the airport, uh, following his limo. They had drones. They had helicopters. He came out. He spoke to the press. I watched him live on, I think it was three separate networks at the same time. Uh, look, nobody wants to get arrested, but if you gotta get arrested, um, that's a pretty cool way to get arrested. Uh, he took a private jet down there, a big caravan of vehicles, brought him uh, downtown to get booked. And then that mugshot, which I think he uh, played it just right, a very serious look. I call it the eye of the tiger look. Uh, very impressive. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, should not have happened to him, but hey, here he is, the hero. Man. Finally got my leg irons off. You look. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, back from uh, the joint. You were in the joint. Um, you know how I feel. The whole damn thing is an atrocity, but uh, you, you, you handled it extremely well. And, um, you know, uh, the, the statement you made when you left New York and when you were in Atlanta, so powerful, so true. How you feeling today? I feel very good. I feel, I feel we're going to be vindicated, and I talked to the president. Just a little pep talk this morning. He gave me one the morning I, I left, so I gave him a little pep talk. Uh, uh, Fanny, we didn't talk about the case. You can't put us in jail. Uh, <laughs> so you fly down there, and uh, you get off the plane, and you just get right into a car, and they bring you downtown? Yeah, we go right to the uh, bail bondsman. Our, uh, three bail bondsmen are sharing this, and I have the same one as the president. So he had, he had me today, Meadows the day before, and president today. Wait, what is, I mean, I I know kind of what a bail bondsman is, but what is a bail bondsman? He's an insurance man. He puts up the insurance that you're going to return. But you got, okay, so they set your bail at what, $100,000? Yeah, and you pay anywhere from 5 to 15%, depending on who you are, how reliable you are, like, like any insurance. So let's say it's a $100,000 bond, you'd have to pay, the least would be maybe three, 4000 the most would be... Twelve thousand. Now, why do that? Why, why, why go through that charade of calling it a hundred thousand dollars if you only have to put up twelve thousand? dollars Because the bail bondsman is guaranteeing them a hundred thousand. Then he sues you for the hundred thousand if how, you don't take it. How does he get paid? Uh, he gets paid by me, so he gets to keep it. He gets to keep it like an insurance policy. Oh, he me. keeps yeah. the fifteen thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He keeps the fifteen thousand. Now, if I if I put up the whole money itself, I put up a hundred thousand, I get it all back. Was he a rough kind of guy? They no, always... he's a very very decent guy, formal law enforcement guy. Uh, knew Bernie, knew a lot of our people in the NYPD. How long did it take, you know, from the time you walk into the complex, the jail, the whatever? Yeah. Believe it or not, 20 minutes. Wow. The whole thing took about four hours waiting. My, my lawyer had to go over to the DA's office and negotiate the terms of the bond, the money, the conditions. Uh, they both had to sign off on it. She had to sign off on it. We had to post it so that there'd be no delay when you go in the prison. Yeah. And then once it's all, the bond is already posted by the time you go in the prison. So therefore they don't have to keep you there. They have fingerprints? So then you walk in. Now here was the one thing strange, and I hope they don't put the press through this. Uh, they were totally cordial, completely professional. We couldn't do better in New York. However, 
they have a, a, an arrangement where you walk in and then you must walk about a eighth of a mile to get to the place where they do all this fingerprinting and photographing, which they do in front of holding cells. It's not in a private office, which I thought. And when you go there, you go past holding cells. So I was treated to, luckily, applause going along the way. The people in jail were clapping. I think mocking and, you know, what maybe them or me or whatever. But they're yelling, Rudy, Rudy, and other things that I can't repeat. <laughs> and uh, oh, oh, let's go, Brandon. We got a bunch of let's go, Brandons. And then uh I got in and I thought, well, now I'll be free of that, right? We get in and they have everything inside. But on the side are whole, a couple more holding cells. They were a little quieter, but all during the whole process, they yelling certain stuff out. Hey, let's face it. You know, you've been arrested. It's, um, and you didn't, you know. I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. <laughs> so, you know what? It's kind of, uh, it's kind of badass, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of badass. It's kind of cool in a, we- in yeah, a weird I, way. I have a mugshot? Man, man. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd have a mugshot. No, my understanding life. is, look, I mean, there are communities, there are people that are kind of reevaluating people like you and President Trump. Like, there's a certain street cred. That goes with this. I, I don't. I couldn't interpret the prisoners, but I thought there was some of that in there. Yeah, I thought, and a lot of it, I think, was. I, I think a lot of the applause for me with the prisoners, I think they're Trump support. Amazing. You never. <laughs> so, all right, like well, a couple of quick uh, legal things. Um, you want to have this case removed? I think the term is to federal court. I think we all do. Yeah. Mark Meadows. I think. I, did he just lose on that? Did no, he just, no, no, no. He lost on. Uh, he, he was saying, as long as I'm asking to remove this, I, I shouldn't have to go through an arraignment. Okay, got it. In this, and, and, and the judge said, no, you have to go through the arraignment, which means the judge isn't ready to decide it. Got it. In the, time for the arraignment. The other thing I heard is prosecutors want a trial to start in yeah, October. In October? Okay. Out, out, of their, out of their minds. Why would they even say something like that? Because they're stupid. That's why. They're stupid and they're unrealistic and it's not a real case. This is a political trick, a political ploy. A political, uh, uh, I mean, just think, uh, 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 think of the bail itself. They're going to set a $200,000 bail on, on Donald Trump as if that's going to require him to return. Now, if he's not going to, if he's going to run, $200,000 is not going to stop him. This is just done to embarrass. It's done as a political hit on him. So he has bail. Hey, can I ask one? If you wanted, if they say $200,000, could you just say, okay, here's $200,000? Yes, you can. You could do that. Yeah. You don't have to deal with the bail bondsman. You say, okay, here you here's, go. Here's your they hold it, and when the trial's over, assuming you didn't, you showed up, even if you go to jail, you get your $200,000 back. But Trump is going to go through a bail bondsman as well. Right, because <laughs> I guess if you calculate the interest on it, it's about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Fascinating. Well, I'm glad you're back, and I thought you handled it. Well, your statement was so strong here in New York and and uh, uh, in Atlanta. What do you do now? What what, what do you have to do? Well, what we're going to have to do now is first can be taken up with this motion for removal. That should take two to three months. Uh, if we lose it, we go up on appeal on it. The appeal is usually decided pretty quickly. Say there's a seventy percent chance it's granted for everybody. The whole case goes to federal court, so we start all over again. And in the federal court, this will, will not be a trial until next, the year after next. I mean, it'll be realistic. Mm-hmm. They are right now in, in, uh, Atlanta, they're trying a, um, like an eight defendant case with gang. And it's been four months that they've been picking the jury. Right. With eight right. defendants. There's right. a 19 defendants in a much more high profile case. Four months to pick the jury. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be eight months to pick the jury. 
and all these cases, all these, uh, do you think the prosecutors are all freaking out because they thought it would drive President Trump out of the race a long time ago? It hasn't. He's actually, his status has increased. I mean, are they're panicking? Do you think they might be panicking a bit? Yeah, I think they don't know what the hell to do. I mean, they don't know what to do with these cases. I mean, particularly the state prosecutors. I think, I think Smith is a madman. And uh, he's been through rotten cases before. He's brought on ethical cases. The guy can hold his head high, haven't been reversed by the Supreme Court, ate nothing, which is worse than being arrested, I think, yeah. uh, and held to be an unethical prosecutor. Can the Supreme Court come in and just turn all this off? No, it's got to, you got to get a case to them. So I don't understand. Like, I mean, I still don't get it. Like, I mean, he could conceivably be convicted by this uh, Washington, D.C. jury. Next year, he could. I think, and this is Rudy now. No, no inside information. I think before this goes too much further, there's got to be a major case brought against them for violating 18 U.S.C. 1983, violating his civil rights, in which you lump all the cases together and say that for uh, since he walked down the elevator, uh, they've been engaged in a conspiracy to t- destroy your civil rights. Ooh, I and love this that. This is chapter nine. I love that. Barbara, you're on with the mayor and me. Hi. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Mayor Giuliani. Uh, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for speaking so patriotically and humbly to the American people. We appreciate it. We appreciate what you're doing for our President Trump. And I have a quote here that I think is particularly appropriate. This was said by Donald Trump. Sometimes by losing a battle, you find a new way to win the war. And I'm wondering if that could be what will come out of defending against these charges, should he have to defend against them, that this will give a chance for the evidence of the fraud in this last election to be brought before the American people as well as the courts. Barbara, you're right on on target. So amazing. Thank you so much. Great way to wrap things up. Mr. Mayor, take it away. I'll see you later. Thank you.